wasn't that a great time of worship? Would you thank them and the tech team for everything that they did? It's absolutely fantastic. Don, I'm going to ask you to leave the house full house on for the sermon. Go ahead and have a seat. You know, I was, I was singing that. We were singing those two songs, those last two songs. And um, I wrote down this one phrase. What was it? In that song, Living Hope, um, about how, how we're praising God as our living hope, right? And how the, the music was just, I don't know, like I was ready for somebody to yell out, come on, let's go, right? Man, that was, I remember back in the day growing up in the, in the old sanctuary, we, we had some, I forget who was, sat right in the middle, kind of halfway back, and he would always yell out, he'd always yell, that's good singing. I'm going to tell you this morning, that was good singing this morning. And how about that last song, that last song, your goodness is running after me. Your goodness is running after me. And Harry prayed about that in, in, in the prayer there, how we, how we sense and we know that the goodness of God is running after us and how, how sometimes in our lives we have to, we have to recognize that. That because of circumstances we're in, that, that, that because of some of the things that we're carrying, that because some of the challenges that we face, we forget that the goodness of God is chasing us, right? We get so caught up in what's in front of us. We get so caught up in what's immediately in our next step. We get so caught up in what's going on in our work and in our homes, and we forget our perspective has shifted. And we forget that the goodness of God is running after us with our life laid down, surrendered now, right? We see the goodness of God. I was thinking this morning as we were singing those songs, those are, those are, uh, those are some big boy songs, right? Those are some, those are some songs like, like if you're going to sing that full voice, right? If you're going to sing it like you love it and you mean it, I'm just telling you, those are some big boy songs. Because you got to, am I really chasing after God? Am I really laying down my life? Am I really surrendered now? Am I really living this way? Good worship set. I'm fired up. I don't know about you guys. I'm fired up. I'm trying to stay. It's cold outside, but it's It's on fire in here this morning. So I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online, uh, home and staying safe out of the elements. Thank you for joining us today. In fact, everybody in the room this morning, would you welcome everybody online this morning? Thank them for joining us. We are in week two of, of a series called How Do You Pray? And we simply started last week by asking this simple question. If prayer is so important, then how do you pray? Just a simple question, like, like what is the right way to pray? If, if we believe that prayer is important, if we believe that prayer, uh, uh, for some of us, we've grown up with this thought that prayer should be the first work, that prayer is the primary work, that prayer should be the one thing that we dial in on and we're focused in on uh, before we do anything else. If prayer is that important, if Jesus said, ask anything and we'll give it and God will give it to you, if it's that important, then, then how do we pray? How do we pray? And we're not talking, we're not talking about posture. We're not talking about patterns. In fact, what we learned last week is we're talking about perspective. 
And so the question is the same question that, that the disciples asked Jesus in Luke's gospel when they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. If prayer is this important, if prayer is this powerful, if prayer is this thing that you tell us that it is, then Lord, teach us to pray. And so back in, in Matthew chapter 6, we opened it up, and it's, it's, the, it's a similar account. It's a similar rendering, Matthew and Luke's gospel in this, in this passage. And in Matthew chapter 6, we begin to see the, the, the prayer that Jesus gave to not just, not just his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, but also the crowd and the curious. Because he gathered on a hill one day with, with his disciples, with the 12 people that were following him. And probably a few more people that were, that were, um, that were at least, at least part of what we would call the congregation, right? Were with him. And he was, he was teaching them. So he had 12 people that were committed. He had probably another, uh, uh, 80, 100 other people that were part of what we'd call the congregation. And then as he was teaching, the crowd started coming in. And everybody who was, who was curious and everybody who was confused, everybody who had questions just wanted to learn. And so he began to teach. And, and we, if you, if, if you've been part of a, a church background, you may understand this, this title. It, it, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It was Matthew chapters five, six, and seven. And right in the middle of that Matthew six, Jesus teaches on prayer. And he says this, Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. It says this, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You see that last part in brackets. We'll talk about that in the last week of our series, as well as the surrounding context of this passage. We'll pick that up more in the last week of our series, because there's something to talk about with that. But in the middle of this passage, what we saw in Jesus' teaching last week, the Our Father who art in heaven part, we remembered that Jesus is teaching us an approach to God. Jesus is teaching us that, that as we pray, this is the approach, this is the perspective that you should bring. Remember, we're not talking per se about your content. Bring what you want to to God in prayer. Bring what you want to. In fact, you, it would be hard-pressed to look at the scriptures and not see where God just says, bring everything to me. Whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever, just bring it all. Bring it all from the, from the great and the grand to the, to the minutia and the mundane. Bring it all. He can handle it. In fact, beyond, beyond the fact that he can handle it, he wants to handle it. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from us. And again, prayer, simply conversation with God. God, this is what's going on. And Jesus says, we're not talking about content. Because I think for many of us, we sometimes wonder, should I even pray about this? Is this a good thing? Should I bring this up? We're not talking about content. Bring all your content. Jesus is talking about approach and perspective. When you pray, 
Whatever it is, whatever the content, whatever you're bringing, Jesus gives us new perspective, new approach on prayer. Last week, last week, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We looked at intimacy. God wants us to be intimate in prayer with him, the Father part. He talks about holiness and sovereignty, the fact that God is in heaven and set apart, the fact that God has power, power to change lives, power to deliver, power to bring you out of the exile that you feel like you're in and into a new place, a new restored place. Now this week we come to this phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom. It's an interesting concept in Matthew's gospel, the word kingdom. It's the idea of of God's rule, God's influence, God's power. It's the idea of of the effective rule God has has over uh, uh, his people. It's the idea of people identifying with God himself. It's about the power and the influence, and it's about being part of something bigger than we are. We're in the kingdom. We're part of the kingdom of God. We're part of the influence. We're part of the authority. We're part of the reign. We're part of the power of God from heaven, but we're also, we're also in it together. We're in the kingdom. The kingdom is, is both, is both a, a influence and a, and a power and a right way, and it's also a people. It's us. We're in the kingdom. We're in it together. And in Matthew's gospel, as Jesus is teaching this uh, in, the, in, the, in Matthew chapter 6, it carries with it uh, two concepts. There's a kingdom here and now, and there's a kingdom yet to come. There's a here and now concept, and there's a one day, someday concept. You see, because back in the day, 2,000 years ago, they wanted a kingdom. They wanted a ruler. They were looking for a Messiah, the promised one, to come and turn everything upside down. Right? Do you ever feel like that? You ever feel like that when you're you're watching the news? You ever feel like that when you have to... uh, deal with some of the things that are going on in our culture? You ever feel like that when you go to the gas station? Hey, we're doing okay at 319 right now. We were having a conversation in our house. I remember 99 cents. In fact, I remember 86. Who can beat me on the 86? Who remembers lower? Yeah, I knew you guys would. I knew. 11 o'clock service, they won't have a clue what we're talking about. I knew you would, but that's, but what do we do? And my wife said to me the other, yes, just yesterday, she said, why, you know, wonder why the gas prices are so low. You know what I said? Election year. It's an election year, right? What's happening? Is it this week or the next week? Iowa caucuses. Now I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not, don't, I'm not. All right. I'm just saying, I'm just broad sweep. And why did we all respond the way we just responded? Because we're looking for change. 
one way or I'm not, whatever, wherever you are. We're all looking for something to be different. We're all looking for someone, right, to turn this thing around. We're just like Matthew chapter 6, the people on the hill. It's just like them. They were looking for somebody to come and turn it around. So Jesus steps in with this, with this kingdom language. Here's the problem, though. He didn't, mean, he didn't mean military. He didn't mean government. He didn't mean legally. He meant by influence. He meant by us living it out. So, so in, the, in, the, in Matthew's, in Matthew's uh, setup here, we see that the kingdom carries this right now perspective. Um, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus even uses this, this right now language, the kingdom of heaven is at, is at hand. And in, in Matthew chapter 4, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He repeats it again. Cross-reference that with Mark 1.15. Jesus is continually telling him, look, because I'm here, the kingdom of God is now here. Influence, power, reign, rule, righteousness, right? It's here. And I'm calling you to be a part of this. And we now become people in the kingdom. We are kingdom people. And it carries a right here, right now connotation. Right here, right now. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But there's also this idea of one day, someday. One day, someday. Uh, not yet, like the kingdom, it's, it's here, but not all of it, or it's not fully completed, right? Until one day, someday. Until another day down the road. Look down the road. Keep looking down the road as you're here right now. Matthew chapter 6, 26, verse 29. Matthew 26. But I say to you, Jesus, this is the, this is the Passover meal Jesus is having with his disciples um, just before he goes to the cross. He says, but I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it with you in my father's kingdom. So again, perspective, remember when we take communion and we say, we lift up the cup and we say, Jesus says, this is a new covenant in my blood. That was one of the cups that they drank from. After that, he says this, now I will not drink of this again until that day when I'm with you in my father's kingdom. Kingdom has a right now concept, Jesus is telling us, but there's also a one day, someday future idea of kingdom. John chapter 14, verse one, many of us know this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, what does he say? For I go to prepare. I'm going to prepare. Well, why would you go prepare something? We have a guest coming at our house next week. Not today, but you know what we're doing? We're preparing. Because, because in the future, one day, someday, someone's going to come stay in that guest room, right? This is what Jesus is saying. I'm going to prepare. 
Because one day, someday, one day, someday, what does he say? I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus' logic is great, right? Watch this. If I go and prepare a place for you, what's it say? I will come again. Come on now, it's an all skate. Everybody in on this. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will do what? I'm coming again. Well, obviously, like what good does it do if I go away and prepare something? I've invited you to it if I don't come back and get you. Or I don't call you to it. Or I don't invite you to be a part of it. Just so you know, I'm going to go prepare a place, something somewhere out there. And there's going to be a day, one day, someday I come for you. So Jesus is setting this up. The kingdom is here and now. Impact, power, God's reign, influence, righteousness, that we as people in the kingdom called by God, giving fully now, surrendered now. We just sang the song that we live through that. We embody that, but we embody it knowing with an eye down the road, but there's, there's also a one day someday. So the kingdom, power, influence, God's impact on the world, God's impact in the lives of people who find faith in Christ, it's more than just right now, it's also for the future. And so in prayer, bring it back to our study, how do we pray? Why is this even relevant? In prayer, Jesus is, is asking us, let's, let's approach God with a wanting of the impact and the power and the influence of the kingdom to be present in the lives that we live everyday, ordinary lives. So we have our content, whatever we're bringing to God in prayer. And the question is, do we pray with a kingdom mentality? That the content that I have, whatever it is, and right now, well, here's what I want you to think about. Think about what you're praying for right now. Do we pray with a kingdom mentality that says, I'm part of something bigger that has influence and power, that has righteousness, that has impact from heaven on the world that I live in. How does that change the content of my prayer? Jesus says, your, your kingdom come, your will be done. Kingdom and will. Will of God, simply, very, very simply, the desires of God, right? We don't have to we don't have to pick that one apart too much. It's, it's the desires of God. John chapter 6, Jesus says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds a son and believes in him will have eternal life. So we say to each other, well, what's the will of God? If Jesus is saying we're supposed to pray your kingdom and your will, okay, we get the kingdom. Well, what's your will? Well, the will is the will of God. One, one thing is that the will of the Father is that everyone who sees the son and believes will have eternal life. Well, that's one thing. Romans chapter 12, it carries through the New Testament. It's not just Jesus, it carries through the New Testament. Just one other verse, and you can do a whole word study. I just picked a couple for this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse two, right? Paul says, Paul says, I'm urging you. He writes this letter to the church in Rome. I'm urging you to live this way. Please, please live this way. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world but transform 
yourself by the renewing of your mind. What's this? So that you may prove what the will of God is. You see, we have to be people whose minds are, are dialed into who God is and God's kingdom so that we can understand his will. So Jesus is saying, how do you pray? How do you pray? Pray for God's kingdom. Pray for God's will to be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Interesting. On earth as it is in heaven. Second thing that I just kind of checked on this week. On earth as it is in heaven. The origin of both the kingdom and the will of God, the origin is heaven. The destination is earth. The kingdom of God and the will of God beginning in heaven. Jesus is saying it's not going to just stay in heaven. That's not like we're not praying prayers so that the angels can just have a party up there and do their thing. We're praying prayers so that heaven would come to earth. On, it's, it's the destination on earth as it is in heaven. It's the, these things should be happening here. What God's kingdom is and what God's will is should be happening here in our normal, ordinary, everyday lives. Now, not rocket science, but the implications. The implications are now, how does that impact my perspective on prayer? How am I praying that God's, that God's kingdom, power, impact, influence, reign, rule, righteous kingdom, me being a part of it, me being part of a bigger thing beyond me, kingdom and will happens here on earth. How does my prayer, regardless of content, doesn't, whatever your content, how does my prayer approach impact the way I pray? I'm sure we do this. I'm sure we do it deliberately. I'm sure we do it implicitly. I mean, we want justice in our world, right? We probably pray for that. We want the oppressed cared for. We probably pray for that. We want, we want to love well and, and be loved, and we probably pray for that. We want the message and the themes of heaven to be realized on earth, right? We probably do that. But don't rush too quickly through this because the third thing that we observe in this phrase is the pronouns. The pronouns. Your kingdom. Your will. Jesus is saying, here's how I want you to pray to the Father. Remember, the subject of the prayer is our Father. And then Jesus says, he's talking about kingdom, right? Power, influence, impact. Man, we're going to do some stuff for God, right? Anybody ever get excited about church? You get all fired up? We're going to do some stuff for God. Let's go, right? Get fired up for church, right? Uh Uh-oh. Here comes this phrase. Your kingdom. Your will. You, you, don't know, but you don't understand. Like God would want this. God would want me to do this. God would want us as a church to be this. God would want, really? Do we know that for sure? Have you prayed about Have you prayed your kingdom, your will? 
How often do we pray my kingdom, my will, and slide it at God's feet to just get it blessed? See, now Jesus, now, now I don't know what kind of shoes you wore today. I hope it's steel toe. Because this is where Jesus, like he's coming now. Jesus is like, listen, this is the Father's will. The Father's kingdom. It's game changer. When we start praying for the Father's will and the Father's kingdom to be done, and we, we again, bring your, bring your content. That's fine. But Jesus is saying, take your content and filter it through God's kingdom. Filter it through God's will. We have a whole lot of want and will in our prayers, don't we? Am I the only one? Got a whole lot of want, right? But Jesus is saying, this is the perspective I want you to have. Take your want and just filter it through the Father's will. Be willing to do that. We have to wrestle. We have to wrestle. And this is the challenge for us, isn't it? Like we have to wrestle with the intentions of our heart. Growing in faith and and in our discipleship, growing as Christians, we have to learn to want more of what God wants and less of what we want. The late Tim Keller, former pastor of Redeemer Church in New York City, said this, most people want Jesus as a consultant rather than as a king. Most people want Jesus as a consultant rather than as a king. We know what that feels like, doesn't it? God, would you just, would you just, here, here's my list, right? Because if we don't pray the way God wants us, Jesus is instructing us, we're going to bring our wants. And we just want, we're, 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 we're already halfway down the road. We're just consulting God. Would you just bless what I'm going to go do? Would you, would you just, would you just take care of it? Just bless it. God, it's, it's good. It's good. It's going to honor your name. I'll pray about it. I'll say thank you. I'll pray. I'll, I'll say praise the Lord. Right? Would you just, would, but notice the slight difference. We're consulting God. We don't want him as king. That's an element of discipleship. That's an element of growth. And there were a whole lot of people on the mountainside that day, the 12 that in front of them, the 100 that followed after him, and the multitude that were just curious and confused and critical. And they were just like, yeah, I'm just kind of like looking for the consultant Jesus, the whole king Jesus, not there yet. And to be fair, it took him a while. And for you and me, it takes us a while too to get to the king. It's hard. The beauty and, and, and the mystery of our faith is that is this though, as we grow closer to God, the beauty and the mystery of our faith is that as we grow cl- closer to God, we want his will. The gap between our will and God's will shrinks. I don't know that on this side of heaven, it will, it will always be completely clear that the things that we pray about and want in our life are in complete alignment with what God wants. I don't know that on this side of heaven, there's still too much of me, right, in the prayer. 
if you've mastered this, would you please teach a master class on it? Because I still pray with a little too much of me. Little too much of what I want. Little too much of what I'd like, right? This is what I want. This is what I'd like. By next week. Tomorrow would be good. It's okay, God. I know you're busy. Next week's fine. It's hard. But the beauty is that as we grow closer and deeper, we, the gap shrinks. Pete Scazzaro, former lead pastor at New Life Church in Queens, New York, and author of Emotional Healthy Discipleship, said this. He said, I spent much of my Christian life telling God what to do. I'm just going to stop right there. Come on. Who's with Pete? Spent much of my Christian life telling God what to do. It didn't work out well. The transition to a prayer life of surrendering our plans and will to his is among the greatest in the Christian life. But it often takes a lot of failure, disappointment, and loss to get us there. Surrendering our plans and will to his. And let's be easy on ourselves. It takes a lot of failure, disappointment, and loss to get there. Let me finish with this practical thing. It's a question. How does God's kingdom and will come on earth as it is in heaven? H- how does it happen? Like I get, I get that we need to pray to that end. My question is, how does it happen? How does it live out? How is God's kingdom really coming to earth? How is God's will really coming to earth? If our approach in prayer is, God, we want to see your will be done, then how are these values and and influences of the kingdom here today, how is it playing out? Bigger question is, how does God choose to accomplish that? You're not going to like the answer. You ready? You and me. That's it. God's will coming to earth day in and day out. How does he accomplish that? Not through some, not through some, 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 some miracle, not through some, something special. It's you and me. As broken as I am, as broken as you are, it's through you and me. How does God get this done? Acts chapter one, verse eight says this, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, here's the good news. It's you and me, but it's not in our power. It's through a surrendered life to God with the Holy Spirit guiding us. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. How does God get this done? How does the kingdom get lived out each and every day? How does the will of God get done each and every day? You and me in the power of the spirit in our lives. We can keep praying for our friends and our family and our coworkers that someday God would just show up miraculously in their life and wake them up to what's going on. We can pray that. You know what God will often whisper back to us? Show up. It's you. He's saying, I am doing that. 
One of the things that, that completely frustrates me, can I share this with you? I'm going to share it anyway. One of the things, like, we've lost God, like, God has left our, our public school systems. God is, God is absent in our schools. God has left the public schools. And I'm like, hang on a second. I know what we want to say with that statement, but here's what I want to say with that statement. For every Christian principal, for every Christian district superintendent, for every Christian teacher, for every Christian student that walks those halls, the power of God in the spirit has not left that school. If our community centers are not being impacted by God, we don't look to God and say, where are you? What are you doing? What should we do? Look to each other and go, hmm, what am I doing? Acts, don't, don't. Email Luke, not me. You will receive power, quoting Jesus, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. God, would you change our schools? Would would you change our government? Would you change our legal system? Would you change our communities? Do something great. Do something grand. And God's sitting there and is like, I did. In fact, on May... Uh, if we were a strictly liturgical church, May 19th is when we would celebrate this. Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit fell on the people to be witnesses. How does God do this? What does it look like to live in the kingdom? Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came up to them and spoke to them saying, all authority on has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There again, did you catch that? Heaven and earth? Heaven and earth? Kind of a thing Matthew's playing with there. Verse 19, go therefore make disciples. Make disciples. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. How is God's kingdom going to show up here on earth? How is God's will going to get lived out in our world today? I'm sorry to say, I know it's frustrating. I, like, I wish I had it something else, right? But it's you and me. Go and make disciples. Teach the disciples. Baptize them. It's you and me. So, this week, here's what I want you to do. This week. Application, all right? Take a piece of paper, take a piece of paper, not right now, do it this week, but think through this, right? Take a piece, I, I'm, on, I'm on the clock, right? So I gotta get this. Take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, all right? Very simple, very simple. On one side, God's will, on the other side, my will. And here's what I want you to do. Just start writing down everything you know about God's will. What would God's will be? What would, what, would, what would God's will look like? Now, maybe as we start this, we start like, like, like 30,000 feet, systematic theology kind of stuff, right? Well, God's will is, is, is all people should be saved. Okay, that's good. Write that down. God's will is that we would walk in righteousness. That's good. Write that down. Just whatever you think you know God's will to be, just write it down. All right, show kindness to a stranger or, or uh, 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 love my neighbor, right? Okay, 
Good, good, good. Or, you know, as my friend, Pastor Brian Kelly would say, be kind to the checkout person at Walmart. Which nowadays it's you and me. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Right? So, what is God's will? Just write it down. Go from, go from whatever, whatever, you know, uh, again, it's just, we're going to start with that the world should be saved. Okay. I got that. But love my neighbor, like act kindly, walk with justice, right? Like, like help the, help somebody with their shopping cart. God's will, right? Like that all counts or just whatever you think. Then not the same day, another day, just another day on the other side of the piece of paper. What's your will? What's your will? Right now, if I were to ask you, what's, the, what's your will for you in your life? What do you want to see? Maybe some of us here, I mean, I just want to make a ton of money right now. I'm a young adult. I just graduated from college. My will, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling, I'm grinding now, right? 23 to 27, I'm going to grind. I'm going to make money. I just want to make a ton of money. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just asking you, what is it? What's your will? Plan a, you know, it's, it's January, the weather's bad. And so like, we're thinking, right, destination vacation, right? Not just, not just beach 11, like 12 miles, destination vacation, right? Punta something, right? Let's go. Destination vacation. Spend more time with your kids. Maybe that's one of your wills. Like my will this year, I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to, maybe I would just want to talk to my neighbors more. This is not an indictment on your will. Your will, again, remember, content is fine. Whatever it is, bring your content. I'm going to wrap it up here. Pray through how those two things come together. Because maybe God's saying it's not a bad idea to make as much money as you can. But the question then becomes when God whispers in your ear, here's what I want you to do with that money. It's not a bad thing to go on a vacation. But maybe when we pray God's will for that vacation, he whispers, now I just, I just want you to go and relax. Watch what I do when you put that before me. Because I love you and you need rest, I'm going to watch this. Watch the free upgrade you get because, just because. Watch, again, your will is not necessarily bad. Rob a bank, not a good one. That's a pretty big gap. Hey, I want a destination vacation. I want to refresh and recharge my batteries. That might not be bad. Not be bad at all. So this week, what would you do? How do we pray? Pastor Keller said, most people want Jesus as a consultant rather than a king. A moment ago, we sang that song, with my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. Your goodness is running after Is our life laid down? Are we surrendered to his will and his kingdom? When we pray that way, I think the results will surprise us. Will you stand as we close in prayer? Father, we come to you this morning desiring that. Desiring that that the things that we want would be the things that you want. Help us to get away from, from a consumer mentality that says that, sa- that asks you to bless our plans before we've even consulted you with them.
Help us to be people who, when we pray, we ask, what is your will for my life? What does the kingdom look like to live out in my life? What kind of influence and impact can I have in my, in my community and in my neighborhood? What is your will for me at this season of my life, at this moment, with the resources I have, the time that I have, the family that I have, at this moment, what does your will, your kingdom look like for me? I have a list. I have, I have my stuff. And I'm just asking, how does that look to you, God? And if there's something you want me to consider that I haven't, help me. Pray that as we go out of here, we would go out in peace. We would have courage. That we would we would do well at serving and loving people, and that we would know the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to live out the kingdom and the will of the Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.